Good morning, I'm Stephen. I'm the pastor here. Welcome. And uh, you definitely should give John both props. And um, let's see, ask John about the canonic heresy. Um, and uh, if he doesn't give you a good answer, come tell me and I'll tell the Presbytery before Saturday. So um, that was the canonic theory, K-E-N-O-T-I-C. So because that's what, uh, what we grill him on. Um, we are, uh, if you want to take notes today, the, there's a place in the bulletin, you can take notes. There's also a handout that we're going to spend quite a bit of time on in your bulletin. And uh, we're in a series about the Bible. Uh, we're in a series talking about the Bible and how do, we, uh, how do we experience it, how do we deal with it. And last week I spent a lot of time telling you a little bit about my own personal history with the Bible. I don't want to go through all of that, but I've had a relationship with the Bible for 30 years. Um, and for a long time, I felt like the Bible was completely closed to me. Okay, I would go to read it, not understand it. I would have no idea what it was talking about. Uh, the Bible made me feel confused, angry, uncomfortable, even afraid at times. Um, the Bible has made me yawn. The Bible has put me to sleep, even as a Christian. Okay, even as someone who has a relationship with Jesus, the Bible has done those things. So if you were here last week, I know you can relate. I'm guessing that if you're new here today, I'm assuming that you can relate at least to some degree um, with my own experiences. Um, and I know I'm not alone because you've been sending me your questions, and we want you to keep doing that. We want to answer the questions that you have about the Bible. Um, and in this vein, here are some of the questions that you all have asked us. Isn't the Bible too complicated for regular people to understand? Hence, this is why I don't read it. Um, how can the Bible be life-giving for me, right? So how can I actually get to a place where when I read the Bible, I actually get something good out of it, right? It's a question that we ask. Um, where or how does the Old Testament apply to my life, right? That's a good question, right? The Old Testament has, I mean, the whole Bible is ancient, right? It's at least 2,000 years old, and yet the Old Testament's even older and in some ways more archaic. How do we apply all of that stuff to our lives today, and then here's the big one. Here's the crux of, I think, the issue. This is the kicker. When I read the Bible, I don't get anything out of it. So this is feedback that we've gotten from you all. This is feedback that you have given us, both with questions and statements. And I think this last one is kind of the most discouraging of all. You know, because when we spend time reading the Bible, there are times when we feel like it just doesn't do anything for us. And we feel like we don't get anything out of it. We never come away feeling closer to God. And that is so discouraging. Given all of the stuff that competes for our time, all of the things that we spend time doing, when we finally take the time to actually sit down with this book and we spend time, we invest time in it, and then to come away going, all right, go on with the rest of my day. It's just, it's debilitating. It's frustrating. We feel like, and then we start feeling ashamed because we feel like, well, the problem is us. You know, because clearly the Bible is supposed to be this holy book, and if I'm not getting something out of it, then I must be doing it wrong. Um, I think the, the close cousin of this issue, there's another sort of like cousin of this issue that also has been a, re a recurring reality in my life. Um, because some of us benefit from the Bible, okay? We've read it before. We've learned from it. But then you have this experience. Um, tomorrow, you plan on reading the Bible, right? Tomorrow, you think, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read the Bible tomorrow. It's part of my routine or it's not. And you sit down with the Bible and you think, all right, what should I read? Where do I start? Um, and I think that these are the issues that I really want to focus on today, okay? We can sum it up like this. Number one, I don't know what to read in the Bible. Number two, I don't get anything out of it when I do. Okay, so if you felt one or both of these ways, like I have, today is for you. Okay? This is actually why we're doing this entire sermon series. Um, the Bible, cover to cover, finding life on every page. That's what our goal is. We talk about wanting to Velcro you to the Bible. Okay? Um, the Bible sometimes is messy, and you need hooks to, like, hook into the Bible. Well, I'm going to give you a set of hooks today, okay? Now, I know that there are lots of questions that you have that sometimes make you not want to read the Bible, 
Okay? There are questions, like the questions today are more, once we're reading the Bible, what do we read, how do we read it so that we actually benefit from it? And I realize that there are some of you here who have questions that are so concerning or so, they, they've caused so little trust in the Bible that until those questions are answered, you won't even pick the Bible up. Okay? I get it. I understand if you're there. Um, but I'm taking this effort to answer questions about how to read the Bible today because I think it's important for both. It's important for you um, to really, I want to challenge you to do two things, okay? So even before you get your questions answered, I think there's two things that I want to suggest and challenge you with today. Let me show them. I want you to pursue answers to your questions, and I want you to get to know the God of the Bible, Okay, I want you to do these things together in tandem. Okay, I want you to do these things like, like uh, um, I, don't know, I guess I'm thinking about railroad tracks, right? You need both to actually go anywhere. And I think these two things, if you've got questions about the Bible, if you feel like you can't trust the Bible or trust the God of the Bible, I want to challenge you to both pursue the answers to your questions. Okay, don't stop asking your questions. Keep asking until you either feel like the person you're talking to just can't answer and then go find someone else who can. But I want you to pursue answers to your questions and I want you to make an effort to know who the God of the Bible is. Okay? I want you to do both because sometimes a way to build trust is to actually get your questions answered. But sometimes, sometimes those questions may not have an answer that is satisfying to you. Some questions actually don't have very good answers. Okay? And so what I want you to do is I want you to pursue God because, because there are times where there are times when it's actually it's a knowledge of who God is. Um, where as you get to know God and find out what God is like, how God thinks and feels, sometimes that's the key to learning to trust him. So if you don't have a satisfactory answer to your question, your trust in God will cause you to trust that there is an answer to the question, even if you don't know it. Okay? And so I want to challenge you to do both. Ask your questions. Don't settle for not getting answers. But also I want to push you to pursue God and to get to know the God of the Bible. And here's another reason why that's important. It's because I want you to know that there are strong Christians here in this church. There are people who have faith in the Bible, and yet they don't have all their questions answered. Okay, there are people who are wholeheartedly committed to Jesus. They have faith in him and faith in what he's done, and yet they still have questions that haven't been answered about the Bible. Okay? And so you need to understand that because sometimes people think, you know what, I'm going to wait and until I get my questions answered, and then after that I'll pursue God. And the reality is that you can pursue God. You can actually know God, and you can experience a foretaste of heaven on earth, even though you don't have all the questions answered. Okay? And so we have people here, and, and the people that, are, that, that struggle with the Bible, that are still here, uh, that are still committed to Jesus, they're still here because they know the God of the Bible. They know the God of the Bible. The, the God has revealed himself in Jesus, and they believe that he is worth both knowing and worshiping with their lives. And so sometimes, I guess in tandem, as you pursue answers, you want to learn to trust God so that you can believe that there might be a good answer even if you don't know it. Okay. Now, part of learning to trust this God is to get to know him. Okay? And part of the be- I think the best way to get to know God is to read the Bible. But how do you do that? How do you do that? Now, I know, again, we're going to answer the questions. We're going to talk about evil in the world. We're going to talk about genocide in the Bible. We're going to talk about how we got the Bible. We're going to talk about all those questions. But as we pursue this series and the next series... Um, I want you to know that there's a way that you can read the Bible so that you can get to know God better. Um, I want you to make an effort. In a sense, I want you to meet me halfway, right? So as I answer your questions, I want you to try to get to know God so that you are, um, so that while you're pursuing your answers, you're also pursuing God. So what do you do then? How do you build trust 
in God and in the Bible. That's what we're going to talk about today, right? Getting back to what should I read and how do I make sure I get something out of it? Those questions are what city Bible reading is for, okay? City Bible reading is a tool that we use. Um, it's a journal, okay? This is a copy of the city Bible reading journal, um, this is mine. It's much more beat up and, and written in. This is brand new. Um, City Bible reading is a tool that we use as a church so that we know both what to read and we also move from simply reading the Bible to worshiping and getting to know God better. Okay, and so I know some of you know about City Bible reading. Some of we call it CBR for short. Um, but I know a lot of you don't know about City Bible Reading. So we're going to talk about what City Bible Reading is, and we're actually going to practice it together today. Okay? And so here, what I want you to do, I want you to grab this handout, the handout that's in your bulletin. Because we didn't just want to talk about this in a sermon. We wanted to put in your hands a tool. We wanted to give you something that would both explain City Bible Reading and help you to be able to do it on your own. And so, yeah, if you look, not at the side with the boxes, but at the other side with all the text. Let's walk through this. Um, City Bible reading, CBR's goal is daily personal worship. You meet with God in the Bible, and you grow as you go deeper in the gospel. That's the purpose of City Bible reading. It's that you would go from simply reading the text of Scripture, simply reading the Bible to actually worshiping God, knowing him better, and experiencing the good news of Jesus more deeply in your life. Okay? That's what CBR is designed to do. And it gives you three things. Okay? CBR gives you a plan for reading the Bible. Okay? There's a schedule that you can follow, that you follow through. It's, in the fr- it's, it's not quite in the front, but it's, it's a reading schedule. And what the reading schedule does is you read... Monday through Friday, you read one chapter of the Old Testament, one chapter of the New. On Saturdays, you read one of the Psalms, and on Sunday, you have the day off, okay? And so it's, uh, and, and this schedule takes you through the entire Bible in three years. The good news is that city Bible reading works even if you miss a day, okay? One of the exciting things about city Bible reading is that there's, there are dates on the journal pages that we'll talk about here in a second, but the dates are blank, And so the good news with City Bible Reading is that it's not about getting behind or staying on top of things. It's about you experiencing daily communion with God. It's about you reading and worshiping. And so if you miss a day, then the day that you come back to it, you simply write in the day's date and you keep going. Okay, you don't worry about playing catch up because that's sometimes the problem with a lot of Bible reading plans is that you get behind, I get behind, and you're like a couple days, and you catch up, and you're like, sweet! And then you get like four days behind, and you're like, oh, I think I can do it. And you kind of like read through as fast as you can, and you actually completely don't read anything that you're actually reading. Um, and then you get seven days behind, and you're like, you know what? I'm out. Forget it. And shoot, it's February. Dang it. <laughs> I had such high hopes. Um, so City Bible reading is not designed to be a burden on your, around your neck. It's designed to be a doorway into the presence of God as often as you use it, okay? So it's a plan for reading the Bible. Second, it's a path for worship with the Bible. CBR uses the acrostic ACTS, A-C-T-S, which is a gospel-centered system to help you remember, rehearse the gospel on every page of Scripture. Okay, we're going to talk more in detail about that here in just a sec. And then third... This is another crucial, exciting part of City Bible Reading. It's also a prep for sharing the Bible in community. Okay, CBR equips you to share with others what the Bible is showing you. All right? It also deepens your connection to other City Bible Reading participants in our church. Okay, we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. So, the key, I think, to City Bible Reading, and there are really, there are, I mean, all three of these things are really key pillars of City Bible Reading, but I think that the engine that drives it is the ACTS acrostic, okay? It's the acrostic A-C-T-S. Now, um, this is an acrostic that has been used for a long time, like I think over a 1,000 years in the history of the church. 
in different ways and at different times. We've adopted the ACTS acrostic so that it actually fulfills the values of our church. Okay, we think that the ACTS process actually enables us to rehearse and experience the gospel on every page of scripture. Okay, we'll talk about what that means. But that's what it's designed for. It's designed to get you to a place where you are grateful to God and excited about what he's doing, no matter where you're reading. Okay, well, so how does that happen? Well, the A stands for adoration. And in one word, adoration means celebration. Okay, that's what it means. I mean, we use the term adore normally for little babies that are in our, in our arms. But adoration has historically been used as something that we do toward God, where we are celebrating who he is and what he's done. Okay, and so adoration is celebration. And sort of the thing in parentheses there is that you're saying, God, you are awesome because. Okay, that's the prayer there. And so as you read any text of scripture, you want to ask yourself, how does this passage display God's greatness? Right? How can I honor or celebrate or adore God for who he is and what he does? That's what adoration is. And we're going to practice this together. So, um, so hold on. So then confession. Confession is about honesty. So God is awesome. I am not awesome. Okay? Um, I want to encourage all of you to get to a place where not because you beat yourself up, not because you have self-loathing, but because you're able to be honest about who you are in the presence of a perfect and holy God. So compared to God, I am not awesome. There are gifts that I have, there are talents that I have, but if you were to look at my life, both in the things that I think, the things that I say, the things that I do, there are lots of times where I am not awesome like God is. And so as you read the Bible, you want to ask yourself, how does this passage expose my sin? Why do I sin in this way? How does my sin hurt God, hurt me, and hurt others? And then you want to confess those sins and confess the desire that you have for those sins. And we're looking to God to forgive us. So that's confession. And then thanksgiving is tea. Tea is thanksgiving, and this is the gospel. Okay, this isn't general thanksgiving. Like, God, thank you for all the blessings I have. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. That's, we do that in adoration. Okay, you can do that as you worship God and adore him for his goodness in your life. This thanksgiving is specifically focused on the gospel. Okay, and what we're saying here is that Jesus is awesome for me. And so in this place, you want to remember that Jesus rescued us by living the life we should have lived and dying the death we should have died. And so in this area, in the thanksgiving step, you are believing in Jesus' work, right? You're thanking Jesus for what he's done for you, where he does what you couldn't do, right? He lived a perfect life. You couldn't live a perfect life. He died for your sins. You couldn't die for your sins and be forgiven, so we thank Jesus for his work in you, for you. Then we thank Jesus for his work in you, where he makes you new inside. And then we thank him for his work through you, where he makes you a blessing to God and to others. <clears throat> and so that's a thanksgiving step. And then the fourth step is, is supplication. And it's just a fancy kind of churchy term for, um, for a request. This is when you're asking God for things. And specifically in this, we're asking for growth. Okay, so having said, God, you are awesome. Having confessed, God, I am not awesome. Having reaffirmed our faith, Jesus, you were awesome for me. Now I say, Spirit, Holy Spirit, make me awesome. Make me what I cannot be without you. And so in this place, you're asking the Holy Spirit to work in you to display Jesus in how you think in your head, how you feel in your heart, and how you act with your hands. So this is what City Bible Reading is. This is what the ACTS acrostic does. And I hope you can see. So we start with God, then go to us, then talk about Jesus, and then come back to us. Where we are seeing God for who he is. We're seeing Jesus as our Savior. And then we're seeing ourselves both without Jesus and then with Jesus. What this does is this gives us an opportunity to remember the best news of the Bible every time we come to read it. So, 
let's do this together. Okay, flip the page over. Flip the page over. So this is a sample. This is the same um, sheet that's in the CBR journals. So on every page, you've got this same thing that's in your bulletin. Okay? And uh, so what you do is you write the date. So if you do this this afternoon, you write 9-20-2015, the passage. Sunday's a day off. So, um, so what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to have us do this. Remember last week I asked you to read the first, first Peter chapter 1? That was the homework assignment. Um, I know some of you read it once, some of you read it multiple times, and I asked you to ask yourself some questions. What we're going to do now is we're going to come back to just a couple of verses of that chapter, and we're going to actually apply this four-word acrostic. Oops. Hold on. We're going to come back to that later. Okay, so 1 Peter 1, 1 and 2. These are the verses. We're just going to look at two verses of the Bible and you're going to be able to see how you can do this with even just a small group. So these are the first two verses of 1 Peter chapter 1. And so you can write 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 on the passage blank. Step 1 says surrender through prayers for illumination and transformation. Okay, this is very simple. You go to God before you read and you pray. So you just pray. And so the prayer sounds like, actually the prayer that I use when I do this and I do this usually five times a week. Um, I, I use the prayer that my son Ryan taught me to pray. Because when I would do this with him, he, I would tell him, hey, this is kind of how we're supposed to pray. And so he started praying this prayer that was like, you just nailed it. He's nine years old. And so I'm going to pray for us before we look at this passage the same way that you would pray on your own. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Please teach us so that we can know you, so that we can worship you, and so that we can be like you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. Ryan taught me to pray that way. God, thank you for your word. We want to know you, worship you, and be like you. From the mouth of babes. Okay, 1 Peter 1, 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Okay, so... I know there are some things in this passage that might be confusing to you. I know some of those names of places, you can't even pronounce them. And if I didn't pronounce them, you're like, I have no idea how to say that. Um, I think part of the key of CBR is to stick with what's clear. Okay? There are times when it's good to study the Bible and to spend time on what's unclear to you. But with city Bible reading, again, your goal is to get into the presence of God and commune with him. And so my suggestion would be that you spend most of your time on the stuff that is clear, that's clear. And so I want to ask you, what is it from these two verses that makes you think? Again, go back to the adoration questions. How does this passage display God's greatness? How could I celebrate or adore God for who he is and what he does? So think about that. And then on your sheet, go ahead and write it in to the adoration box. Okay, what from this passage displays God's greatness? And how can I honor, celebrate, or adore him for who he is and what he does? So just take a few minutes, or actually not a minute, not a few minutes, take about a minute. All right, just for sake of time, you're going to have more time when you do this on your own, but now I want you to go to the next step of confession. 
go to confession. And again, as you read these two verses, ask, how does this passage expose my sin? And then once you begin to identify sins, ask yourself, why do I sin this way? And how does this sin cause damage to me, to God, and to others? And write that in the confession box. Read what? The passage? Do you want me to read the whole passage? Okay. Yeah, so Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So fill in the confession box there. Okay, now with the Thanksgiving box, now we're asking, we're hitting the gospel here, we're asking, um, yeah, like how is Jesus' salvation on display here? Right, you want to thank Jesus for doing what you couldn't do for yourself. You want to thank him for working in you and making you new inside. You want to thank him uh, for working through you to make you a blessing to others. So you don't have to do all of those things. You can just pick one of those things. Um, and fill in the thanksgiving box. How this passage helps you to thank Jesus for who he is and what he's done in saving you. Okay, then in the last box is supplication. This is growth where we're asking the Holy Spirit to work in us so that we can display Jesus in how we think, feel, and act. So fill that in and say, like, how does this, pa- and it could be, how does this passage drive me to be a new person? Like, what is it telling me that I need to do or how do I want to act this out in my life? Or it could be, Jesus, how can I follow you in the way that you are in, my, you know, in saving me. And so this is when you're asking the Spirit to change you into the person God wants you to be. And so go ahead and take some time and fill in that supplication box. Okay, so again, it's just a taste for you to experience. Um, I want to share with you what I did with this passage. Um, and I was torn between presenting to you what I did before I had you do it or have you do it first and then show you what I did. And so I just I chose to do it this way because I thought it would be helpful for you to struggle with it some and to taste it. And then like what I did is not the definitive best answer at all because, again, the Spirit of God will speak to us differently depending on where we are in life, depending on what's going on with us. And so different people will see different things. And so, um, so what I did with this passage was I linked on to a phrase, a two-word phrase um, in the second line, elect exiles. Like that's what jumped out to me, that phrase elect exiles. And I thought that's kind of interesting. It's a little bit different. And so... What, the, what Peter is saying here in this letter is he's saying that Christians are elect exiles. 
and they're spread out in the world over all these different areas, right? So he's writing these people who have been dispersed in all these different regions. And uh, so, and they're, they're like illegal immigrants, right? They're elect exiles. Um, they're like illegal, so Christians are like illegal immigrants in a world that's different from them, that doesn't understand them, and sometimes isn't happy that they're here, Okay? Because I feel like, well, man, that's how I feel a lot. As a Christian, this elect exile thing, like, speaks to me. Um, And so how do we go from reading these verses to worshiping? Well, so here we've got, so this is the slide version of City Bible Reading, okay? And so with adoration, I said, well, so what does this phrase, elect exiles, tell me about God? Well, I feel exiled in my life, but I still worship and honor you because I am your elect child. And so for me, like, exile sort of speaks to some of the angst I feel, but elect gives me assurance of God's love, that no matter how alone I feel, I am God's elect child. He chose me, and he set his love on me. And so, God, I worship you for that. I adore you for that. I honor you for loving me no matter how difficult my life feels or is. And so then with confession... Again, this phrase of elect exile, I say, well, sometimes I'm just like the culture around me. So I'm supposed to be this exile. I'm supposed to be different. I'm supposed to have different values. I'm supposed to have different ways of life. I'm supposed to think differently, act differently from the world around me. And yet sometimes I'm just exactly the same. I get just as bitter, just as frustrated, just as impatient, just as angry. Right? I struggle with lust. Like I struggle with these things. And so, God, I confess these things. Um, and so I'm just like the culture around me, and then I get angry sometimes that I'm called to be different. Like sometimes being in exile is no fun, and I don't like God for calling me in exile and making me in exile. You know, sometimes the reason that I sin and I'm just like the rest of the world is because I'm tired, and I don't want to be different anymore. I want to just be accepted. And so I'm confessing my sins and not getting as specific because there's not enough room, but in my CBR journal, you can write whatever you want, obviously. Um, But then dealing with why. Like, why do I sin this way? I get angry because I don't want to have to be different all the time. So you confess your sins. um, And then at the end of verse 2, I don't know if you remember this. Well, actually, I can show it to you. At the end of verse 2, I saw this. It says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Do you see that? And so when I came to the thanksgiving step, that's what I, I latched on to. And so here's what I wrote. Thank you, Jesus, for being the perfect exile. Right? He did what I couldn't do. Like, I struggle and I become just like the world. He never did that. He was always perfect. He was perfectly out of place um, in the world. He was exiled both in life and on the cross. Right, So not only was he like out of step with the way the world was and operated and thought, um, he was, I mean, so he understands what that's like. He understands what it's like for us to be in an environment where we're the only one who's different. He understands what it's like for people to look down on you and treat you differently because of what you believe. And then, like not just in his life, man, but on the cross, on the cross, Jesus wasn't just exiled, but he was abandoned by the Father. God treated Jesus as though he were guilty of my sin. God treated Jesus as though he was guilty of your sin. And God abandoned Jesus. So not an elect exile on the cross, but a rejected exile on the cross is what Jesus became. And he did that so that now I have God's grace and peace. So when Peter says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you, it comes through Jesus. It comes because he had no grace on the cross. He had no peace on the cross. But he's willing to suffer for you so that you would know for sure that forevermore God's grace and his peace will come to you more and more and more, and more, and more forever. And so Jesus, thank you 
Thank you for that. And then the fourth box was supplication. Fill me with your courage and wisdom to live as an, ex- as an elect exile because I'm devoted to you. Right? So help me to be what I'm not. I'm not the perfect exile. I'm not the elect exile that I should be. So spirit, fill me and make me that way. Now for me, what I need, I need courage and wisdom to know how and when to be different, to know how and when to be in the world and how and when to not be of the world. You know, just the dynamics there. I need courage and wisdom to know how to be this person that is city positive, that loves the city and loves the world that God has made, the world that God loves, I love, and yet how do I do that in a way that helps me to continue to be in exile and not the same as um, the sinful ways of the culture? And so this is how we do it. Right? This is what city Bible reading is, and this is an opportunity. I mean, I think, I think the Thanksgiving box is one of the most crucial, right? Because it's a chance to rehearse the gospel. Um, and this is how we do it. This is how we do it. And then, so the last step on your sheet, number four, is prepare for community. And these questions are really good because they remind us that even our time spent with God is not just for us, but it's to help build us into our, it's, it's to build our relationship with God and also it's to send this out on mission, okay? And so these questions are great. How can you be prepared to share with others what God has revealed to you today? And so when I answer these questions, I, I think, okay, well, how would I share what I've learned today about elect exiles with another Christian? Maybe someone who's frustrated because life's not going well or frustrated because they're not being treated well by other people, I might be able to help them know, hey, you know what? I just learned today. I just realized, and God taught me today from 1 Peter 1, that we're elect exiles. And so in some ways, we should expect that things aren't going to go well for us if we're exiles and we're like illegal aliens here in this world. And then I think about, like, what are the problems that non-Christians go through where this might be helpful for them? Okay? Um, And then the next question, who can you encourage with specifics from today's passages? So, man, sometimes God just, like, shouts somebody out at you. And you think, oh, man, my wife needs to hear this. My son needs to hear this. My daughter needs, you know, or, man, this guy on staff or the guy I work with or the person across the street. I had this conversation. They could really be encouraged by this. And then the last question is, who could you ask to share with you what God has taught them this morning? So again, this is a way for us to actually read the Bible together in community. It's a chance for us to be able to say, hey, this is what I've learned. This is what God has showed me. And then have somebody else say, hey, what did you, or ask somebody else, what have, what have you learned today? Um, so I want to say that if you try to do this on your own, and it doesn't work. You know, like you sit there and you're like blank staring. You have no idea what to do. Okay? If that becomes your experience, maybe that was, that, maybe that was your experience here just now, um, then do this with someone else. Okay? Like literally grab someone else in the church and say, I tried to do CBR. I suck at it. I didn't do a good job. I don't know. if It might be me. It might be this thing. It might be the passage. I have no idea. Will you do this with me? And just walk through it together. Um, if you try to do this on your own and it does work, then do it with someone else. Because you can help someone else. And you may learn more about yourself, about them, and about God as you do this with someone else. Um, In our life group, we do this once a month together. So one of the meetings we have, one of our weekly meetings, we do this um, once and we practice together. We actually break up into little small groups And one group does the A, one group does the C, one group does the T, one group does the S. And then we come together and we share. And we all get to benefit from what we're all learning from each other. And so it's really cool to hear other people doing this. It'll help you to get better at it. And so I guess the last thing that I want to do is I just want to encourage you with some testimonies. We had some testimonies from people that, that we videoed last week, and um, the sound in this room was really loud, so 
Instead, I'm going to read to you some of the things that were said to us um, last week. But someone said, um, so we asked these three questions. How long have you been doing CBR? Why did you start? And what do you love about it? And so in terms of how long this person, I've been doing it for three years um, since we first started. Why did you start? Well, it sounded like an excellent idea, getting into the Bible every day. And with the four compartments of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, it just made so much sense to me. Why do you love it? Well, for the very same reasons. It gives me so much basis for adoring God, for thinking of his divine character and how his divine character relates to my everyday life. There you go. Someone else. How long have you been doing CBR? Oh, for about a year. Why did you start? Well, it sounded pretty cool. I like the idea of the ACTS. Um, that's a way of praying that you write, and I like to write. Um, and I like the Thanksgiving part, not just thanking for general blessings, but thanking specifically for what Jesus did. I really like the questions at the end where you share with other people. That's really made a big impact on my life. Um, and then this is good, too. Why do you love CBR? This person said, I don't read CBR as much regularly, but now every time I open the Bible, I think this way. Every time I pray, I think this way. And so I would say to you, look, I realize that some of you already have a Bible reading plan. I realize that some of you already have a system that you use, and this would be an incredible encroachment on your personal time with God. I get that. Let me just ask you, though, Will you please make sure that whatever you're doing, that you're not just reading and studying, but you're actually worshiping? Will you please make sure that you're actually communing with God when you spend time reading the Bible? Because you can use this and adopt this into just about any system because it's just a way of thinking and praying. Um, but so I want to ask you, like, so if you're not going to do city Bible reading, at least begin to t adopt the gospel-centered ideas around city Bible reading and use them in addition to what you're already doing. Um, okay, then here's another person. When did you start? A year ago. Why did you start? Well, because someone gave me the book. Nice. Why do you like it? I like that it's short. I'm simple-minded at times. It's just a couple verses at times, and it goes through all the books of the Bible, which is really cool. So again, just ideas. Um, when did you start? I started reading CBR when it first came out. Why did you start? Um, well, the whole church was doing it, so I decided to do it too. What do you, and that's not true. So if you're not doing it, you're not alone. But there are a lot of people doing it, so let that encourage you but not discourage you. Know, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't feel alone, but, but join the rest of us. The water's great. Um, why do you love it? It takes me to a place where I'm communing and interacting with God and not just reading the Bible like a novel. It's a totally different experience. The tool has been amazing. Using the acrostic acts, I've read the Bible for 30 years, but with acts, you're actually interacting with the scripture. You're interacting with Jesus. And I especially like the part about Thanksgiving. It's caused me to be more of a brave person and whatever's going on in my life, to have confidence that God is with me in everything. So again, these are just a few of the examples um, that our church is experiencing. And so I just, I want to invite you to try this out. And so here's your homework assignment. And so these, these journals, um, they're in the back if you want one. We ask you for $5 to cover the costs because um, that's just our cost, five bucks. Um, and... Uh, but so I'd encourage you to pick one up, and this week, okay, we're going to, let's, let's do baby steps. Let's crawl before we walk, before we run. Um, this week, part of the readings are Second Peter, and that's a book that's three chapters long. Okay, so over the course of the next seven days, my assignment for you is to read one chapter of Second Peter at a time, Okay. So read 2 Peter chapter 1 and do a CBR page on it. Okay, then another day, do 2 Peter chapter 2 and do a CBR page. And then another day, do chapter 3 and do a CBR page. Okay, if you want to do more than that, you can, read, you can look at the reading schedule. But again, if you just want to dip your toe in, here's a whole book of the Bible, a whole letter, 2 Peter. Um, there's stuff in it that's really clear. There's stuff in it that's confusing. There's stuff in it that might make you frustrated and upset. But guess what? That's... 
That's just that's part of the Bible, and you can then send me all your questions, and we'll answer those in the rest of this series and the next one. Um, but that's, that's the assignment for today, is let's see if we can tackle Second Peter as a church this week. Um, and then grab a buddy. Grab someone else and make sure someone else knows that you're doing it. And, like, you can either share what's going back. You can share back and forth through text or email. Hey, this is what I learned. What did you learn? Um, that way you can be doing it together and do it in community. And so, again, the goal here, the goal here is that you would be able to not just be excited about reading the Bible, but that you would know what you're going to be doing this afternoon, tomorrow, when you wake up. That's the goal. The goal is that you be able to open Second Peter this week, and you can read verses, some of which are confusing, some of which you can understand, some of which you think, wow, that's really cool. And you can get to a place where you don't just get to know the Bible better, but you actually know God better. I want you to have a time in your day, every day, where you actually experience worship. And this is the best tool that we know of to help you to get to that place. And if you're not a Christian, again, I would encourage you to do the exact same thing. Like, just tackle the the book of 2 Peter along with us and make sure that you're asking the questions that come to you uh, of someone else. So, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us your word. We confess together that we are not all good at reading it. And so we thank you for a tool like this that we can embrace together. Because how amazing would our community be, Father, if all of us uh, were doing this together? How amazing would it be if when we read passages of Scripture that were confusing, we could talk about it together and either be confused together knowing we're not alone or even help each other to understand your word more deeply. And so lead and guide us this week. Um, help us to be able to take these principles and apply them wherever we read the Bible uh, because they can be applied. I pray that you'd lead us in the weeks to come through more and more of your word um, so that we would be able to use tools like this to draw close to you. And Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your great, incredible sacrifice that draws us close. And we pray that we would experience your grace and your peace that those would be multiplied to us as we pursue you this week in your word. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So we're going to have a time now where we receive our offering. And so please take a couple of minutes and get ready to give God uh, your gifts. Um, And as the ushers prepare to come, I want you to remember that whether you give now during the service or you give online during the week, that your gifts, you're giving to God, you're giving to his work. You are honoring and worshiping him with the gifts that you, that you give. And so ushers come, receive our offering. And if you have a connection card and you fill that out, again, please remember to drop that in the basket as it goes by.
I want to invite you now to come to the Lord's table. Um, This is a place where we actually get to meet the Savior of the Bible. Um, This is a place when we get to experience Jesus and his love for us. The Bible says that, that Jesus is the Word made flesh. And so as we pursue the Bible, the person that we are going to meet is Jesus. And I want to invite you to experience him here. Jesus, in an act of incredible love and self-sacrifice, gave his life for you. And if you're trusting him, I want you to come forward today and receive the assurance of his love. Know that as real as the bread is, as real as the wine and the juice are, that's how real Jesus' sacrifice is for you. That's how real the gospel is good news for you. And so... Let's go to the Lord and ask him to meet us here at this table. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you who have spoken your word, you who have called us to obedience and to service and to faithfulness and to holiness, that you came down. You came down and gave your life for a people who were not obedient, who are not holy, and who struggle and grumble at service. And we pray that you would meet us here with your grace and your peace so that as we encounter Jesus by faith, that your grace and peace would meet us exactly where we are in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.